Hey everyone, welcome to episode 143 of the Juice Box Podcast. This is the first episode of 2018. Happy New Year. I hope you had a great holiday season. Let's get back to let's get back to learning about type 1 diabetes together. Guys, did you know that in 2017 the podcast had just a few hundred shy of 250,000 downloads, a quarter of a million downloads in 2017, and the podcast is just growing and getting stronger. Thanks to all of you for sharing. I really do appreciate it. Okay, let's get right into it this year. This episode is a Facebook live chat where I went on my Facebook page and people asked a bunch of questions about diabetes, and I did my best to answer them. I think you guys are going to like this. It's a great way to get started for 2018. It's a great way to remind yourself that you can do these things. You can be bold with insulin. You can make a big difference in your A1C, your variability, your day-to-day blood sugars, and eventually that this all can get very, very easy for you. That's uh, that's everyone's goal, right? Is to, to keep your blood sugar where you want without it taking up all of your life. I think we can get to that for all of you. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Hey, here's a big announcement. Very happy to tell you, Omnipod and Dexcom are back as sponsors in 2018. If you want to learn more, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. When you guys go to those links or click on them in the show notes, that is what keeps the sponsors coming back. So I do appreciate that. Okay, guys, here we go. Facebook Live Q&A. Number two, we've done one before. Okay, you guys type your questions. I will go into a stream of consciousness. Hopefully, I will say something you understand. It looks like Trevor asked a question. I'll start with that to get kind of warmed up. He said he's only been listening to the Juice Box podcast for a little while. Um, He wants to know which ones I would recommend to get a good overview about how I make basal bolus decisions. So right off the bat, Trevor is assuming that I'm in any way well planned out enough to know the answers, things like that. But I think people seem to like episode 11, bold with insulin, uh, texting diabetes seems to be one that people like anything with Jenny Smith in it, right? The CDE who we talk about stuff with that seems to be really popular. There are links up here, um, in the description of today's Facebook live that, uh, you can listen to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify online, Google play anywhere, really any podcast app you have. Um, but I think mainly, and I don't know if people agree or not, and you guys can chime in a little bit, but I think that the conversations in the podcast are probably the most valuable. I don't know that there's topics that are like, oh, that one, that's perfect. I think it's more about listening to people talk about different situations and how they do them, which is what this is going to be today. Um, so hopefully that answers Trevor's question. And then he said, how did I know when the honeymoon stage was over? I needed more insulin, Trevor. And... Tips for the honeymoon stage, you got to stay on your toes, basically. I think that, um, you know, I think things can go back and forth. Robin's saying, hey, Robin, how are you? Um, That's pretty much it. And he also wants to know, this is interesting, what are things that I've done to help Arden that she likes and things that she did not like? So I think he's looking for, uh, that might be better for you people to talk about because I'm very Northeast. I don't really care what my kid likes as much. You know what I mean? Um... But uh, I would prefer if she just did what I told her to do and didn't argue very much. I can tell you that, um, joking aside, I think that we we try to be just very compassionate. And 
don't get lost in the day-to-day kind of BS of diabetes and, you know, trying to flip your lid, stuff like that. But it happens. Um, Trevor, in the end, I think you just, you need to do what you need to do, um, do it as well as you can and support your kid as you go. I, I think that's pretty much it. All right. So guys, we have a fair amount of people in here now, uh, and nobody's asking questions yet, but I'm going to kick it off. Right. So I think that one of the keys to managing type 1 diabetes is to understand the limitations of the insulin. Um, and by limitations, I mean how quickly does it start to work? Um, does it peak? When does it peak? You know, you need to understand what it's going to do, not just what it's supposed to do, not this just sort of bland idea that, oh, I'll put the insulin in and my blood sugar won't go up. You need to really understand it for yourself. Because because I think that most of managing type one, and I've, the, those of you who are here and are going to come back, you know, and, and listen to this later, you guys are here because you're probably seeing peaks and valleys that you you don't understand, highs and lows. And I think there are simple ways to um, to kind of maintain uh, a stable uh, most of the time, right? Ah, oh, thank you, Sarah, for asking your questions. Why you bailed me out? How do we handle spikes that come two hours after a high-fat meal that can seem to last forever, like restaurant food? Um, That doesn't happen to me, Sarah. It's not going to happen to you anymore anyway. So do you have a pump and do you have a CGM? Uh, We do. So that's pretty much how I deal with things. My goal to how to handle a spike is to never let the spike happen. And I think that's manageable in a few ways. So first of all, you have to pre-bolus the insulin. The insulin needs to begin working before the food does. So, and Sarah has an Omnipod and Dexom. So do we, and this is gonna be simple. The, the point is what I was just talking about, the timing of the insulin, how the insulin works. You have to understand that when you put your insulin in, does it start working right away? Does it, you know, take a little bit of time? You know, is it 15 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Is it half an hour? Are you starting with an elevated blood sugar already? Or are you not? And so that you can handle these, um, handle these situations just the way you want to, right? So I'll talk about it the way I do it with Arden, which is depending on the situation, let's just pick a number. Let's say Arden's blood sugar was 120 and it was 1130 and she was going to eat at 12 o'clock. Probably around 1140, 1145, I would decide how much insulin is Arden going to need for this whole meal. And let's say it's 10 units. Well, I want to give her enough to turn the 120 into an 80 by the time she starts eating. So I'd like to see 80 kind of diagonal down when the food starts. It's because the food's going to hit her pretty quick most of the time, right? And so I want to see a drifting down blood sugar with some active insulin. And then when the food hits and starts to grab, hopefully the rest of the insulin kicks in while the food's trying to help. And then you get into this sort of tug of war. And this tug of war... uh, you have to try to imagine it like like a real tug of war with a flag in the middle of the of the, of the rope and the, the carbs are on one side and the insulin's on the other side. And you don't want either of them to win. You don't even want one of them to get a head start. So the pulling of the carbs and the pulling of the insulin need to start at the same time, sort of have the same power going through and give up at the same time. And I'm going to tell you that if you go on my blog, you'll see like real representations of that. Like... Um, breakfasts with all kinds of foods that you wouldn't expect where Arden's blood sugar never goes over 110 because the insulin's timed against the food. Even when she started to graze, we just added a little more. Now you say, well, isn't that going to cause a low later? If, if she never peaks, then because it right, Sarah, in your mind, you give this insulin, the peak happens, and then you end up 
low later, you must have had too much insulin. But that's not the case. You may have had the right amount of insulin. You might have had a little too much, but you might have had the right amount of insulin and it was timed wrong. So once her stomach empties and the insulin's still behind, now it's now it's on a free fall, right? Because now the insulin's pulling against nothing. There's nothing resisting the insulin on their side. This whole thing is just about lining up the, the pulling of the insulin and the carbs at the same time. I don't want to say it's simple, but once you figure it out, it is sort of simple. Um, does that answer your question? If she gets low later, then I would say, in my mind, it's, it's a simple concept. I would rather stop a falling blood sugar or a low blood sugar than I would fight with a high one. Like I would much rather have to give a juice box for a 75 diagonal down two hours after a meal than be staring at a 300 and just not know what to do. Do I need more insulin? Should I wait? Waiting turns into five hours. Sarah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, so as we talk here, you're going to hear the little things that I do that kind of bring that all together. When says, we are having a really tough time with managing highs at night. It seems like the food is hitting her three or four hours after she sleeps. When, what if I said, how old is she? Is she growing? And are you getting up and bolusing at night? Because that is necessary sometimes. See, I think that's another thing to really remember, which is that none of this is going to be like a light switch situation, right? We're not going to ever be in a situation where you're like, I just do 15 carbs in 15 minutes and blah, blah, blah. And it all just works. I'm sorry I didn't shave, by the way. I'm starting to realize I should have shaved. Um, it, it doesn't. Oh, up every hour when, hold on a second. It always, it doesn't always work. Like when saying she, when you might get three months where it sucks, you know, and you're up more than you're used to being, especially when you're coming away from a little kid. Sometimes the little kids before they start growing and everything, it's a little easier, you, you know? Um, but as they start growing, it could get more difficult. It sounds like to me when if she's high, then you need more basil overnight. And so that gets to something very, let's go say this first. Nothing that I say here is advice, and you should not take anything I say as advice. Talk to a doctor, but as long as we're chatting. Um, real simple concept. If your blood sugar is high, you don't have enough insulin, or you have mistimed it, or a combination of the two. And if your blood sugar is low, you have too much insulin, you've mistimed it, or a combination of the two. There are no other real factors. I mean, there's a lot of factors, but as far as the insulin goes, if your blood sugar is high, your blood sugar is low, it's because you have too much or too little insulin or you're using it at the wrong times. So overnight, if she's just been high lately, you might have to crank some basil, um, you know, pick a percentage and get going and see what works and keep trying and uh, sleep during the day while you're driving and things like that. Sarah, hey, Scott, thank you for guiding us on your journey. Oh, please. Uh, you've given us great info. Looking forward to your podcast. Thank you, Sarah. The podcast is uh, getting more and more popular as things go and it really uh, warms my heart. You guys sharing it is a huge thing because I am not capable of getting it out there the way I need to. Uh, when had her basil up, but then she was crashing her four or five. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so the basil is going to be like, like the boluses when you got to, if, if she's getting high at 11 PM you can't start cracking the basil up at 11. You maybe have to do it an hour sooner to stop the high. And the same thing is you got to get out of that basal rate in enough time to stop the low. You're, it's What you're talking about is timing. And there are going to be other things. I mean, I don't want anyone to misunderstand. Arden has to drink juice in the middle of the night sometimes. I have to change 
basils and boluses. I bolus overnight. It's not perfect, but it is this effort that you have to give. It doesn't stop because you're asleep or you're tired or it's Christmas or like anything like that. Like it just, it, that's what sucks about it is this effort is constant. Some nights you get these great nights, you know, just like some days you see a blood sugar that doesn't move all day long. I always just think that Dexcom's wrong though, and I test. But, um, you know, some days it goes good and some days it doesn't. Try to nap a little bit. Get your husband to help you a little more. Um, you know, don't get too exhausted because that'll really kick your butt. Um, okay, Justin said, before we started listening to the podcast, A1C was 8.2. After listening, 6.7. Justin, Justin was on the podcast, too. I don't remember if Justin's uh, been posted yet but if you haven't heard justin on the podcast you will at some point um monica how do i split for foods that i know we'll hit later i am so good at this monica so i'm glad you asked arden this year for lunch um this is going to apply to you monica just hold tight for a second at lunch at school arden needs to pre-bolus at 11 20 a.m for but she's not she's still in class when that happens she doesn't actually start eating till like 11.40. It's 20 minutes later. Um, hold on, Paola. We'll talk about breakfast in a minute. And so let's say Arden's blood sugar is 80 at 11.20. I still need to pre bolus even though if I give her 11 units that she needs for lunch, she'll be dead by 11.40. So I can't do that. So what I'll do is I'll think, all right, I'm probably going to get a little high later because I'm not. my timing's not perfect. Temp basil increase... 30%, 40% for an hour and a half, two hours, however long I think her lunch might really sit in her stomach. And then I do a bolus, but it's an extended bolus. So if I need 10 units and her blood sugar is 80, you know, I still need some of the insulin working at 1140, but not a lot because I don't want her to get much below 65 before she starts eating. Um, so I may do 10 units extended, 0% now, the rest over a half an hour, so that 20 minutes later, the first... Mm, my math here is going to fail me, but the first two thirds of the insulin are at some version of becoming active or in her body. Right. And so that way, when she sits and eat, maybe her blood sugar is still 70 on the Dexcom, but there's insulin that's happening. So that food doesn't get a head start. Now I might've missed a little bit because I couldn't be as heavy handed as I wanted because she wasn't going to be in class, but I've also added temp basil and I can always text her and say, hey, you know what? Cancel the extended bolus and let's bolus the rest of it right now. Let's get it all in right now. Um, you're just talking about timing. Um, in a real world situation, it's not quite at school. The answer, Monica, is how do you split it up? You split it up the way you need to. You need to figure that out. Like there's no like cookie cutter answer for that. But if I can tell you this, if you bolus for food, right? And it's pizza, say. And 45 minutes later, blood sugar starts shooting up. And it, you know, it levels off at 250. And then you end up adding a unit and a half. These are pretend numbers. And that brings it back down. Then in my mind, that unit and a half belonged in the initial bolus somehow. Or as a part of an extended bolus. Your blood sugar's high. You don't have enough insulin or you've mistimed it. Robin says that Justin's blood sugar or A1C went from 7.1 to 6.0 in three months. She's saying thank you. I'm sure, Robin, you did all the work. You just took these silly things that I'm saying, these little things. And let me rattle a couple off, and then I'm going to look at some. The first one, you have to be bold with your insulin. You absolutely cannot be meek. You do have to respect it, but you can't be scared of it. Fear is going to kill you. If you are afraid of insulin, you're never going to get these things straight. 
Again, like I said at the beginning, you have to understand the limitations of the insulin and how it works. Here's a big one. You need to be on the offensive. I don't know if that makes sense to everybody or not, but you, when you, you can't react, you have to attack, right? So when you wait for diabetes to attack, like you're always going to be on defense and then anything it does isn't going to make sense and you can't take anything actionable from it. You really, really, really need to not think of things that go right or wrong as things that go right or wrong. They're just data coming back to you. I did, it's, it's the simple formula. I did this, this happened. I wish this would have happened. Next time I'm going to do this. And, and if you make a move, if you punch first, then you'll know that what happened, you affected. But if you're always standing and waiting for diabetes to do something and chasing it, A, that's how you end up on the roller coaster. And B, that's how everything that you're learning, these, these experiences you're having, you can't make sense of them because there's too many variables on the outside. You need to take over. You need to cause what's happening. Um, when you find yourself bolusing too often, your basal's probably not right, and you need to adjust your basal rate. Um, let me think of some other things to tell you that you might care about, and I'm going to get to some other questions. First, a drink. Okay. I don't count carbs, and I don't listen to what my pump tells me. So um, I know how much a meal takes because of those experiences I was talking about. For instance, if I know, like I sent Arden to school the other day. She had a full-size bagel. You guys are going to flip out two Oreos, a banana, a small bag, a grab bag of chips, grapes, and a mixed fruit cup with no added sugar. How many carbs was it? Literally have no idea, but I do know it takes 11 units of insulin for, and I do know it needs 20 minutes of a pre-bolus, and I, those are the things I know. So when I look at food, I don't look at food and count carbs. I just look at food and go, I know how much this takes from my experience, and it looks carb-heavy or it looks sugary, like it could hit her real quick. If it's going to hit her real quick, I want to get more insulin in. If it looks carb-heavy, like it's going to sit in her belly like a bagel, I might need to stretch the insulin out a little bit. All right, more questions are here. Um, hi, Deepa. How are you? You're welcome. Um, okay. Pell was going to say something really important here. My daughter is worried about lows, and she gets in a panic mode, she says, if she's, if she's 50. Or she's 80. 80 is not low. 80 is a win. You've won at 80. If your blood sugar is 80 and it's sitting there, it is not time to panic. It is time to dance. That is a happy dance, blood sugar. Um, here's the thing. 80 and falling, that needs help. Um, 80 and stable, you've won. You guys are so used to the idea that you're going to get low at some point that you're scared of lower numbers because you think, what, it's not going to give you enough time to react to do something. But once you do this for a while, here's what you're going to learn. If you can keep your blood sugar stable at 200, you can keep it stable at 150. If you can keep it stable at 150, you can keep it stable at 120. And if you can keep it stable at 120, you can keep it stable at 90. The only difference between this 80 that she's talking about and 180 is your fear. That's it. And so it might not be an actionable idea for today, but it's going to come and you'll get to that spot. Don't panic is, is the best thing I can say. If you need a little bit of insulin or, or juice or whatever it ends up being, just don't overdo it. You know, don't, 
Don't get yourself on the always bump and nudge, right? Does everybody remember we talk about bump and nudge on the podcast all the time? You see a 90 and you're a little worried about it, don't eat anything. Cut your basil off for a half hour. See if it drifts to 100 or 15 minutes or down 50% for a half an hour. Whatever it ends up being for you, just don't panic. Don't eat a banana because you're 90 and you want to be 100. You know, Just like if you're 120 and you want to be 80, don't bowl with nine units. Just bump it a little bit. Maybe raise your A1s or... Uh, your basil a little bit. Just see if you can get a drift to happen. Just bump and nudge and bump and nudge. Holly said, we are on the fifth day of the Omnipod, partially thanks to listening to you and are struggling with the same things earlier mentioned. Timing of high carb, high fat, for example, at birthday dinner last night, he had fettuccine off radio. Wow, hold on a second. High carb, high fat, cake, etc. We gave him all the insulin ahead. Pre-bowls, so we thought we had nailed things. He was between 95 and 100. That's very good, Holly. And from 7.30, when we ate until 11. Then while we were sleeping, when he started to drift up over 300, he didn't eat anything after dinner. Holly, your overnight basils, were they okay when you weren't eating? Um, or the, you know, it's, just, it is, it's a complex carb. It could sit that long. It seems odd to think it would sit for five hours. But in that situation, here's what I'm going to ask you. Holly, I need, I need you to uh, tell me, do you have a CGM? And I'll get back to you after you tell me that. Lacey said, my daughter was diagnosed at 21. I told her from the beginning this disease would not prevent her from doing what she wants in life. She really is making me want to eat my words now. As she says, she plans to go do mission work in Guatemala. That's cool, Lacey. She's 25 now. Uh, doesn't need permission. I find it hard to envision she can survive in a poverty stricken. She can survive anywhere, Lacey. If Arden came to me at 25 with that same idea, first of all, I would say... Um, I don't know what I would say at 25. Why don't you have a job? I might say at 25, but, uh, but, but I still like this. Okay. This is, this is a good thing. I, listen, if she's got a Dexcom, you can, you can, you can be a follower and you can maybe help her a little bit if she needs it. Maybe she'll need a little remote help, but if she's well controlled here and not, doesn't get into scary situations, I don't see why Guatemala would be any different as long as she has access to her insulin, she can keep it cold and she remembers to take care of herself and she has the, the supplies she needs. I think, Lacey, this, you're reminding me of a story, right, where the, the way I was able to be more aggressive with Arden at school, like we talked about earlier, was this simple kind of like aha moment where I was sitting in my, in my living room and Arden was upstairs in her bedroom. She was little. I don't remember, maybe second or third grade, second grade probably. And I, and I, I looked on my, my Dexcom and I could see that I, I thought she needed some insulin. And so I texted her and I said, hey, Arden, bolus a half a unit. And she said, okay. And I just was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, I just remotely gave Arden insulin, sort of, right? Um, but then I realized, I wonder why I can't do that while she's at school. And I realized I can. And the only thing, again, that was stopping me really was was my fear. Like, what is the difference between Arden being upstairs or Arden being at school and me helping her? My fear is the only difference. And in some small way, Arden being upstairs, Arden being at school, Arden being in Guatemala, it's sort of the same thing. Lacey, there are amazing people doing amazing things with diabetes. I talk to them on the podcast all the time. Guys cross-country skiing in the Olympics, um, professional baseball players, actors. Listen to the Victor Garber interview. He left home when he was like 15 years old with diabetes. He's like he's in his 60s now. He's fine. She'll, she'll be okay. Your fear is the issue. Um, that's what you need to work on, I think. Jillian, I haven't really ever talked about Omnipod static because it doesn't happen to us. Um, but I know there are some people online who say like putting a piece of duct tape over it might help. Um, I've seen people take uh, dryer sheets and rub them all over themselves and stick them in their pockets. I think it all just needs it's it's how dry the. Here's what I think about that. It sucks, but 
you know, hot air heat dries it out. When the pod thinks it's got a problem, it shuts itself down for safety reasons. I try to think of when stuff like that happens with Omnipod is thinking, okay, other pumps don't have static issues, but I've never caught my tubing on a doorknob with an Omnipod. So everything's not perfect. Um, Justin, have I heard about LASIK eye surgery with type 1? I don't know anything about that, man. I'm sorry. Deepa, curious to know on what do you think would be a good age to let the kids decide on dosing? He wants to try. Um, I don't think the age is right. I think it's up to the kid. It's up to the kid. Paola, you're welcome. Um, I think that if if they're ready, they're ready. Practice at home on the weekends. You know, when you're when you're gonna go do something, get it in your head how much you think he needs, and then they ask him how much do you think this is. That's what I do with Arden all the time. I'm like, hey, you need insulin. How much do you think you need? And she's really close sometimes. And so recently, I think after school. I said, she was having a snack, and I said, seven units. And she's like, I think it's eight. And I was like, do eight. Because what's the worst that could happen? Like seven, eight, six and a half, seven. You're not going to kill them over a unit. And pay attention to it, right? Holly, you said yes to the Dexcom. Going back to Holly's. Um, okay. So, Holly, I might say that you're, if overnight basil's right seem great unless he has hard carbs, over then this is something you need to just be ready for. That's it. You know, if you're going to do a high carb meal at seven o'clock and you know, it's going to make him high at 11 o'clock, then at 10 o'clock, even if you're looking at a 110 blood sugar, you sort of have to have the balls. Do you know what I'm saying? Holly to crank up his basil. Then here's a big thing. Everyone should listen to this. It's not just for Holly. We're going to start today with our longest sponsor Omnipod. There's two different situations here. Maybe you're a pumper already and you want to change to the tubeless insulin pump that everyone loves. Omnipod. Maybe you're doing the injections and you need to get on a pump. Those are your, probably your two situations here. If you are those people, I have such a deal for you. You're going to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, put in just the tiniest bit of information about yourself, and Omnipod is going to send you a free, no obligation demo pod. Now, let's go over the important parts of this. It's free and there's no obligation. It's going to come to your house where you can try it. You can wear it and see what you think. You can put it on your child and see what they think and get a real good feeling for it. Leave it on for a few days. When you wear the Omnipod, what you're gonna find is that you almost don't even know it's on. I just wore a demo pod recently, and to be honest, I completely forgot that I was wearing it. Now, once you've done this, you've done the demo, and you think to yourself, hey, I wanna do more. You just keep in contact with Omnipod, and they're gonna help you get started, if that's what you want. And if that's not what you want, whatevs. Nobody's gonna pressure you. Don't use the Omnipod if you don't want to. Be like that. Don't have tubeless insulin pumps. Have a big tubed insulin pump with tubing wrapping all around your face like spaghetti. Or keep using injections if that's what you like. But at least you're going to know that this is what the Omnipod is. And maybe, maybe this is what I want. Try the demo today by going to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box or click on the link in your show notes. You're just never going to know until you try. Everyone should listen to this. It's not just for Holly. So much of this, it's a convoluted sentence, so listen to me closely. So much of this is knowing that what you know is going to happen is going to happen and believing it's going to happen because you can't make those decisions always hoping. 
like, oh, his blood sugar is 110, but he's gotten high at 11 o'clock every time he's ever had fettuccine. But let's hope this time it doesn't happen, using Holly's as an example. It's going to happen. You've seen it happen over and over again. So you have that information. Now act on it. I think that's sort of it. You kind of have to have the nerve to act on what you know is going to happen. It's going to happen. You have to trust it. Now, once in a while, it is diabetes. Once in a while, it never works, which is fascinating, isn't it? Like it happens seven times in a row like this. Then on the eighth time, nothing happens. There will be a time that Holly's going to crank up her kid's basal rate after fettuccine. His blood sugar is going to go like this. Cost of doing business? Would you rather be low once in every seven times you eat fettuccine or high six of seven times? Trust that what you know is going to happen is going to happen. Make your decisions based on that. Lindsay says, any advice? Lindsay, nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast is ever considered advice, medical or otherwise, um, on getting my son to try a new spot for his Dexcom. He's only ever done the back of his arm. I'd bribe him with money. Um, or things. Children seem to like things and money. Um, it's tough. Arden doesn't like to move hers around either. She just places like Arden wears hers on her hips, like between the bone of her, like her hip bone or pointer and sort of the roundness of her butt cheek. There's a kind of a flat spot on her in between and we go back and forth and back and forth. You're welcome, Holly. It's going to be fine, Holly. Just keep going. You're doing great. That's, those boluses and pre-boluses you're talking about for that fettuccine are amazing. You just got to get the back end of it now. Um, you can do it. You know what you're doing. It's obvious from your, from your question. Lindsay, I think seriously, I'm just going to sound flippant, but they're kids. Bribe them. I would. I've, I've given Arden money to move her pump somewhere else before. Uh, because, you know, once they get it there, then she's like, oh, I like it or I don't. But at least she tried. Lindsay, you're full of things here. Let's see. Also, sleepover advice. Oh, sleepovers. Everyone hates sleepovers. Not even just because of diabetes. It sucks. My son used to love sleeping in his best friend's house, but now you're not comfortable with it. Uh question starts in my mind are the best friends parents idiots or are they reasonably bright people um if you think this is something you can explain to them you have dexcom you can put maybe dexcom on their phone set them up for alerts that would let them sleep right but but would remind them if something really went wrong and you and your son could text back and forth you might not get a lot of sleep so all right so they're great people i'd have a conversation with them and explain it to them I, I, I've done it in the past and it works out really well. I also will still sit up a little bit and watch Arden's Dexcom while she's sleeping over. But she and I handle it on our own at this point. We handle it literally just how she is at school. We text back and forth. And when I get to a spot where I'm comfortable, she's going to be good overnight. Then I kind of go to sleep and I rely on the Dexcom a little bit. And I rely on the fact that I've spoken to the other parents and that they have alerts set up on their phones. All right, Robin, I'll talk about extendables more in just a minute. Uh, but Lindsay said I force... Him to wear his decks, but he is so nervous to try a new spot. Totally bribe him. And you know what I tell Arden all the time? Don't wear your Dexcom if you don't want to. We'll just test your blood sugar 15 times today. And that pretty much shuts her up. Um, and Lindsay, no one wakes up to alerts. That's why you have to sit up. You got to find something on the Hulu or the Netflix that you love while the kid's at the sleepover. And you chill out and power through about seven episodes of something, keeping the, the kid alive with your, your phone. Monica, I calibrate when it asks me to calibrate. And that's it. Or if I see that it's incredibly off, but the arrow's not moving. If it, um, That does happen every once in a while. Anybody, anybody ever have one of those days where you're like, you're welcome, Lindsay, where you're like, oh my God, this is great. Her blood sugar's been 95 for seven hours. I never trust that. I always test that. Robin, extended bolus is just another way to, is to stretch things out. It's, the, it's, it's really all it is. It's just, um, 
if giving all of the insulin up front is not a good idea, but you know that all of the insulin is going to be necessary, like in a, a situation where pasta is sitting in your stomach for hours, you may need to, you may only need 15 units, but you may need five of them as a pre-bolus and three of them over the initial hour and, you know, four more of them in the next, the last 90 minutes or so. Um, it's, it's just a way to extend it. It's 30% now and the rest over an hour. And then you understand that the 70% of it gets split up into little itty bits and spread out over an hour. So you have insulin constantly going in for an hour and it's constantly becoming active at different times. I talk about that sometimes as like, um, it's like carpet bombing with insulin. Like you're covering everything, um, with insulin. Uh, Lacey said, I'm correct. Of course I'm correct, Lacey. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, your fear is the problem. I feel my knowledge and ability to help her is very limited since she was diagnosed as an adult. Um, but would you like to adopt her while she's in Guatemala? Sure. That'd be great. I'll watch your kid's blood sugar while she's in Guatemala. I mean, look at me. I'm getting plenty of sleep. Um, Extended is necessary for pizza and Mexican. Jason, absolutely, man. Mexican, listen, um, I am completely proud of, and I, I almost did it earlier than I stopped myself, but on my blog, which now that there's podcasts, I don't know if people even care about blogs anymore, but I have two blog posts that I think you guys should look at. And one of them is called, sorry, I'm clicking while we're talking, The Anatomy of a High Carb Breakfast. Okay, you should definitely look at this one because it's got like visual helpy in it. And there's another one about Chinese food. Where is it? Oh, here it is. You too can bowl us for Chinese takeout. It's all about the timing of the insulin. Right amount at the right time. That's all it is. All of this is right amount at right time. All right, let me see what else I got over here for you while you guys are thinking of other stuff to say. Oh, the weekends. Anything you want to test is always better to test on the weekend because you're home, right? So if you are nervous about pre-bolusing at school, practice it on the weekend. Make a school lunch for lunch on the weekend and pre-bolus it on Saturday. And if you get close but not quite right, look at your kid and go, hey, tough luck. You're going to have this again tomorrow because mommy is going to try again um, because it takes away variables. And the more variables you can take away while you're trying to learn how to do something, the more you can trust that the data you're getting back is doing what it's doing for reasons you kind of assume are right. Um, seriously, you have to learn how much time your insulin takes to work. It's going to affect how you use bolus and basil. Um, and, and just keep this in mind, too. Um, I was interviewing somebody one time about uh, artificial pancreas. And it turns out that a lot of the insulin that artificial pancreas uses is actually basil. And that's fascinating because it doesn't bolus as much as we do. But what can the artificial pancreas do that we can't do? It can't imagine the future. But if you have a Dexcom, it's you sort of can imagine the future. I hear people talk all the time about the two-hour warm-up period. It's the scariest time. I used to think that. I don't think that anymore. Because I now... I don't know about you, but I can imagine what Arden's blood sugar is most of the time without looking. And that's because I've had enough experience. And one day you'll have enough experience too. And during that two hour window, you'll actually see on one of those links I shared, I think it was the Chinese link that during Chinese food, Arden's pump or uh, Dexcom needed to be restarted. Um, 
And so I was blind for two hours. And you'll see that during Chinese food, our blood sugar was still like 110 afterwards. I think I only tested once during that rethink. It's because I, I knew it. I had done it before. I knew what was going to happen. I trusted that what I knew was going to happen was going to happen. Um, okay. Here we go. I didn't scroll. Jason, you don't extend pizza anymore. Take Oh, no kidding. So the pizza takes that long to hit you, and then you just put all the insulin in at once. That's fantastic. See, there's something. Jason's figured something out. He doesn't need the insulin for the pizza when he starts. He needs it an hour later. That's going to be different for everybody, but it's a fascinating example of after enough experiences, you'll figure it out. Monica, do I use correction formulas anymore? Oh, like my pump says... My blood sugar is 150. You use this much insulin? No, never. Um, I don't look to my pump for ideas. I couldn't tell you what Arden's insulin to carb ratio is. I'm a little aware of what her basal rates are. Um, when I when I see her get high for a few days in a row and I can't find a reason why, if I see like she's looks like she's gained some weight or she's growing, I just bump her her basal rate. However much it occurs to me, usually I do 30%, but that's just what I found works. Um, and the same with corrections and things like that. If Arden's blood sugar is 200, um, and it's you know been three hours since she ate, then there's an amount of insulin I think that would take. But it had been two hours since she ate. It was. It, it, it's situational. You don't always need the same amount of insulin to move a number from one place to another. It depends on the situation. What's in your body? Outside influences like stress, anxiety. Um, I mean, we bolus when Arden plays. Uh, used to play competitive basketball. I'd have to bolus for the adrenaline, so she needed like all this insulin. Um, this this is an interesting story. So Arden would used to. Uh, she'd go in to play basketball. Her blood sugar would be good, one ten, and then she'd start playing. And like twenty minutes later, her blood sugar was two ten. It was going up, and I'm like, well, what happened? She didn't eat anything while she was playing basketball. It was the adrenaline, right? And so I started getting to the, the basketball game and bolusing an amount of insulin that I knew a juice box could stop. I know that doesn't quite make sense, but I figured if the anxiety hits the way I expected to, she's going to need that insulin for the, for the uh, adrenaline, excuse me. But if it doesn't hit her, then I've got a juice box to stop it. I'm just basically pre-bolusing a juice box. Somebody told me once that that was incredibly helpful information to have. So I've now shared it with you, Monica. Um... My daughter is such a super slow, picky eater. When? You could trade her in for other children, probably. I pre-bolus, but I can't always give a full amount since I don't know how much she'll eat. So I start with 20 carbs and wait till she finishes to give the rest. It is frustrating, but that's a, that's a great way to handle it. You are basically doing a manual extended bolus. Some now, some later, some now. Let me ask you a question, though. Does she usually finish the food? Or, does, or is it your anxiety that she's not going to finish the food? Which is it there? Hey, Kelly, has Arden hit crazy girl emotional puberty and kind of refused to deal with the... And, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't get life isn't fair and I hate diabetes from Arden. I just sort of get like a, dead, like a death stare. Like, sometimes I look at Arden and I think, one day she's going to make some lucky guy really unhappy. Uh, but, but so I get what you're saying, right? So I don't know. Like, if that happens to me where she just blatantly says no it's a tough call like it really is like i know some people say just let them ride it out and some people would tell you i'm not gonna let her blood sugar jump all over like this i would probably i would probably say i'm i would probably eventually do what i gave someone advice to do one time and they told me that it worked for them so there was a person who told me about something similar one time and i said if i was you i would just pull them aside and be really brutally honest with them and say look 
the way you feel about diabetes, I got to tell you, I feel that way too. This is incredibly frustrating, and I understand that you don't want to be involved in it as much, but but this really is the situation. Um, we are going to need to get past this, but for now, mommy or daddy, or you know, we're, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get more involved. I'm going to um, I'm going to cover the parts you can't handle. But you can't give up on me. We have to do it together. You got to realize that I feel the same way about this as you do. That we're in this fight together. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a little more of it for you right now because I think that, you know, I think that you need it. But you, we're gonna get you back to a spot where you can take care of it. You're, you know, more the way we were. Um, in the end, I just think it's, you know, I hear people. Some people say, well, I just, you know, my kid does it all the time. But if you listen to the interviews that I do on the podcast, the people who are like in their 20s, adults who can remember being 14 and 12 and 11 with diabetes. I have never once heard someone say, hey, my parents were like, you go get it all by yourself. It'll be fine. And it really worked out well. Most of the time, this is a lifelong disease. It is difficult. And I don't understand flopping it onto a kid. It's it's weird. So the way I do it is I just, I keep, I do things with Arden. And I think one day she's going to take a little more, take a little more, take a little more. I just feel like it's a really slow handoff. Hopefully, getting her into high school where she'll—I'm assuming she just won't want me involved that much—and maybe that'll help her take over a little more. And when your kid usually doesn't finish, um, okay, well then that's what you know. Then instead of looking at the plate and saying, "Oh my God, if she finishes this, it's all this insulin," why don't you just bolus, pre-bolus, and bolus for the amount you know she's going to finish, like reasonably know she's going to finish, and then if she should eat more, then add more. So plan for success on less food, not the plate, and then readdress if you have to. Again, that link I put in for the breakfast thing, it shows how Arden had this sleepover one night and all the kids came in and they wanted French toast. There was like fresh fruit and French toast. And I forget all that was there. It was so much stuff. And I just had to keep like adding a little bit and adding a little bit. It was timing still, but based on moments that she ate. Maybe you just have to think, I know it's such a pain in the butt, you just wanna sit down and eat dinner. That sucks, I'm sorry. We're about two thirds of the way through this episode and there's still a lot of great questions coming up. But for a moment, I wanna tell you about something that some of you know about, but some of you don't know about. It's continuous glucose monitoring with Dexcom. Now this turns out to be one of those things that everyone in the know knows about right away. You say Dexcom and they have these warm thoughts of being able to see blood sugars and how fast they're moving and understanding trends better. More importantly, you find out, hey, my blood sugar is about to leave the zone I want it to be in and I can bump and nudge. You're hearing us talk about this today, bumping and nudging and making these tiny little decisions that are based on the information that comes back from Arden's Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. Most of what I do, I couldn't do without that information coming from, from Arden's Dexcom. There's just, there's no way around it. Today, while I was editing this episode, I was watching Arden's blood sugar while she was at school. And we are right at 85 most of the morning. And all of a sudden, she started to drift a little lower and a little lower. And I didn't have to panic because I could see. Sure, she's going a little lower than I wanted to, but it's not happening quickly. So the first thing I did, I cut back her basal insulin. And it held. Beautiful, right? And now we're five minutes away from giving Arden her insulin for lunch. And her blood sugar is 92. She didn't have to eat a whole bunch of food this morning to, to, to stop a falling blood sugar. I just knew in time. I said, okay, this is what's about to happen. I'll just restrict your insulin here a little bit. Everything's gonna be okay. And it was. There's just a small example of what Dexcom can do for you. And I was able to see it on my follow-up because 
Dexcom Share and Follow is available for Android and iPhone. So Arden's phone shares her information and my phone follows it. I see her blood sugar in real time. I've now spoken past the music, but let me just tell you this. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You will not be disappointed. There's also links in your show notes. All right, let's get back to it. I'm going to ask the first question to get us going again. Do you find yourself accepting blood sugar levels that are higher than you want because of your fear of insulin? If you do, a lot of people do, but really, 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 really try to stop yourself from doing that. First of all, if you have a Dexcom, high and low thresholds, it's important. You know, Take your high threshold and push it down. I know people are going to be like, oh, but it alarms all the time. But I swear to you, if you start doing these things we're talking about here, it won't alarm as much. And you can't think of it as this alarm that told you you did something wrong. You have to think of it as a, a, a warning system. I don't want to know when the tornado's here. I want to know a half an hour before the tornado's here so I can hide. On Arden CGM, hers alarms at 1.30 is her high. But on my side, it alarms at 1.20. So you never are 120 straight up. And that doesn't happen to us. But if I'm 120 diagonal up, a little bump brings it right back again. If I didn't know until 150, then it would take more insulin. Then I'd have to be harder. Then by the time the insulin started working, she'd be more than like 200. Then it would sit there. It wouldn't be enough. Then you got to put more insulin in, and that's how you end up low. That's how this concept comes into play. Highs cause lows because you're using more insulin. And eventually, it gets out of balance. You'd much rather just bump a little bit. 120, oh, here's a little bit of insulin. 120, here's a little bit of basal rate. And that way, 120 goes boom right back to 110. If you wait until 200 or 250, you are now bolusing like a lunatic and you will get low later. It takes less effort to bump and nudge than it does to ignore. So you think you're giving yourself this time off from diabetes by not being alarmed until it's 200 or 250 or whatever. But all you're doing is creating three hours later where you're going to be thinking nothing about, nothing but about this high blood sugar. I'd rather know every couple of hours, bump, 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 than be steeped in it for three hours. I think, think that's just really important. And I think also what's important is the way to accomplish that is to trust yourself. You have to, you have to really believe, when I said it earlier, but you really have to believe that what you've learned from past diabetes experiences is true. And that's it. Just you know, expect it. All right. What else we got? Anybody else asking questions? Oh, you're welcome. When <laughs> the emotional girl puberty thing is killing me. Most people say Kelly, that they grow out of that by the time they're like, I don't know, 27. Um, uh, Robin anxiety, like what around, um, bolusing in general about how you have to address it with insulin. Let me know. Has Arden tried the Fiasp? Mandy, we haven't yet. Um, I don't think it's... Uh, what I heard was it might not have been doing really well in pumps, and I was sort of waiting to hear a little more about that first. But I think that once faster-acting insulin is a reality, then everything we're talking about now just becomes a little easier if it, if it works faster and the way they say it's going to. Lindsay asks, what do I treat with... In the middle of the night, my son never had cavities before type 1. Yeah, you're going to get cavities with type 1 if you're drinking juice in the middle of the night. That's for sure. Um, we had a problem, too. We had a juice that Arden loved, but it gave her cavities. And so we switched to a different juice. Um, in, and that one's been better. I hear some people say they leave a bottle of water at the nightstand, and the kid drinks the juice, and then they give him a little swish of water. It helps a little bit. 
Uh, but I have to admit, I use juice boxes. I don't know what else to do. If Arden needs food, I don't know how many of you have this experience, probably a lot of you, but I've seen Arden eat a banana in her sleep, which is fascinating. Um, you just kind of like put it up through her mouth. Like I'm going to use my um, my cactus pen as an example. Um, I, I have a pen that's a cactus. I don't think you need to judge me. But um, but you you take the and I'm just like Arden banana and she just takes a bite and I'm like and she chews it up. I wait till she's done. Checks it. I've seen her eat. It's fascinating. But yeah, juice. Maybe try swishing with water afterwards. Uh, use a fluoride rinse more often. You know the kind of stuff. Make sure he's brushing right away in the morning and before bed and stuff. It sucks, Lindsay. I know. Stacy, I sent you a Christmas card. Did you get it? Everybody, if you like my book, it's because Stacy Martindale helped me with it. She's in the chat right now. If you like my book, thanks, Stacy. I took a bunch of crazy. She kept me sane while I was writing by by letting me get on the phone and say incredibly inappropriate things to her. Thank you, Stacy. Love you. Uh, how do I decide whether to basil or bolus in regards to being bold with insult? Situational. Um, uh, you know, again, like I said, if it's if she's ninety. Or, or, you know, 110, and I wish she was 90, I might just, you know, crank a little basil. But if there was just food and her blood sugar's heading up, I'll tell you right now, I bolus for food. And if in 45 minutes after a meal bolus, I see a diagonal up arrow over 130, I bolus more because I figure I miss. Because if you look at the charts, when you look at the links, I know I can bolus in a way that doesn't let a rise happen. So if a rise is happening, I probably didn't use enough insulin. Or maybe I mistimed it, and now I've got to use some, and I might have to catch a low on the other side. But, you know, I again, I'd rather catch, I'd rather stop a low or falling blood sugar than fight with a high one. So it's situational, Kelly. It's just experience. Um, Robin, I got to go back to what you said. Do I have any advice for anxiety? <sighs> you know, the only thing I can say, not really diabetes issue just medical and safety outside, etc. Hi, Michelle. Uh, I guess, I guess I don't know what you're asking me, Robin. I'm sorry. Like anxiety about like having diabetes or just my kids really chill. So there's not a ton of anxiety, although she used to get interesting. You know, people say, um, talk about pod change highs. When you change your insulin pump, your blood sugar gets high later. Took me a long time to figure out that was Arden's anxiety. The uh, clicking that the pod makes, uh, was freaking her out. So people are like, you know, people like to say like the pod doesn't deliver the right, you know, right after you put it on and stuff like that. I've learned none of that is true for us at all. I, as a matter of fact, just changed Arden's insulin pump while she was at school on Wednesday. We at 11:15 changed her pump because it uh, was going to run out of insulin. Uh, I did it in the nurse's office. I went over. I changed her pump with her. We tested. I cranked up her basil like 95% for an hour and a half. And I, we bolused right then and there, and she didn't get high afterwards. Uh, but she's also not nervous about putting a pump on anymore like she used to be. Um, when do I plan on handing over bolusing decisions to her? When she's as good at it as I am. I don't know. But when she, uh, we talked about it a little earlier, Susan. Like I think of this as a slow handoff. I think Arden learns as we go. And so uh, the more she learns, the more I ask her opinion. Uh, we do do uh, in the summertime. I try really hard to involve her in every decision we make, even the littlest ones. But the fact of the matter is she's 13. She wants to look at Snapchat. She wants to watch One Tree Hill or something like that on Netflix. And, you know, she's going to figure it out eventually. 
I'm already exhausted. Look at me. I'm going to die soon anyway. I might as well go into the ground hard, uh, Susan, uh, supporting Arden. But hopefully, um, you know, hopefully she she's picking it up slowly and slowly. If I have to get more, um, I guess, can you guys hear Basil snoring? Basil, stop, buddy. Facebook Live, stop. Um, you know, as she figures it out, when she looks like she knows what she's doing, she does more. And that's pretty much it. She's at the movies now with my wife. And they're not having as much success with their blood sugars they would have had if I was with them. But it's also, you have to look at what I'm saying as not success. Like she's, uh, hold on. Okay, that's not working. Uh, She's 141. But to me, that's, uh, you know, I'm not happy with 141. But that's it. Like my wife did a great job. She came out of a, uh, she she came out of a little bit of a, almost a low situation. She stopped it with the temp basil, which was cool. And then she, if I'm looking, it looks like she didn't have the nerve to bolus while her blood sugar was a little, little lower. So she saw 150 um, before she got back to 140. But I want you to keep in mind, Arden's probably eating chips, nachos, popcorn. She probably has a Slurpee, to be perfectly honest with you. People are texting me saying I'm doing a good job. All right. That's very nice. Uh, here we go. More. How long do I wait before giving more insulin to stop the arrow? Always listen when listen to the podcast. Stop the arrow. If you have a Dexcom, stop the arrow. You're always trying to stop the arrow. If the arrow goes like this, stop it. If it's going like this, stop it. You don't want to crush it. You want to stop it. It's bumping and nudging. How long do I wait? She's saying if in 15 minutes the first bolus didn't stop it, then how would you wait or immediately give more? When I would 100% trust your gut. That's what I do. I don't have formula i'm so sorry i just think not enough too much it it just it i i really don't think about the math of it at all i'm so sorry uh blood sugar is high more blood sugar is low less um pillow 141 is great it is but i'm telling you i could have done better but they're doing great they're having a lot of fun there's no anxiety they're out seeing pitch perfect three which i don't know how they got to three of those movies but they did I, i did enjoy the first one um but see, Pell, that's the, what you're saying is really, it's great because it's going to lead me into this. It's a very childish statement I'm going to make that I find to be true. Moreover, moreover, more often than not, you get what you expect. So expect a blood sugar of 110, you'll get it because your expectation will let you see that arrow when and go, oh, no, no, no. Right? Like, but if you expect that 150 is not that bad, then you'll watch that 110 hour and go, eh, 120, 130, 140. Then you get into that, I don't know how old everybody is in here, but then you get into that, um, you guys know that game from uh, um, uh, uh, Bob Barker, Long Microphone, Price is Right. And the um, the like the little alpine like mountain climbers going, it's, and he's going up the thing, and you're, and you're watching, you go like, oh, it's gonna stop, it's gonna stop, it's gonna stop, and then he falls off the side, oh, he didn't stop, how about that? That's those diagonal up Dexcom lines, I hate them, because you never know when they're gonna stop, because you always, it always gives you that feeling right here, like, oh, it's gonna stop, I don't wanna bolus, it's gonna stop, it's gonna stop, and it never stops. So just give it a little, maybe you don't need the whole thing, use half the amount of insulin you want, crank the basil up real quick, um, do something, uh, but that, that, that mountain climber most often in that game falls off the side. It doesn't usually stop. It does bring up this, though. Another drink. And we're coming up on an hour. There's two different spikes you see after a bolus. There's this one that goes straight up, and then there's the, the, the gradual one. The this one straight up, to me, means you probably didn't use enough insulin, 
at first before the meal, right? Because the food won right away. Now, maybe your pre-bolus was not long enough, and that could also be the situation, but it gives you an idea. Straight up like this means you missed pretty big. You're going to need more insulin probably. This might mean, mm, maybe I should have started my pre-bolus five minutes sooner. Maybe this would have been this. Maybe it's a little bit of insulin, but the severity of that, you know, if you're, if you're getting this, I, I attack. Again, attack, don't, don't defend, don't when you're reacting to diabetes, you're usually losing. You should be making the first decision because at least then when it, like if the blood sugar is going up like this and I go, woo, two more units, which I'll do sometimes like two more, three more, 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 more. And then, and then all of a sudden the arrow stops and it goes like this real quick. You're like, Oh, what I do, what I do, what I do. But sometimes you just go, okay, think of it this way. Say you put in a unit for an up arrow. And her basal rate's a unit an hour. Well, if five minutes later the arrow levels off, just shut the basal off. Just trade that bolus, that aggressive bolus you used. Go, oh, geez, it turns out I didn't know that. And take it away from the, it's like borrowing money. You know, I, 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 took, I put some here, but I don't need it anymore. I'll take it from over here and I'll get balanced again. I hope that makes sense. Doesn't it take the basal time to kick in? It does. Um... Kelly, that's where I can't decide whether basal or bolus. It's a situation thing. I mean, if if Arden's blood sugar starts going up right now, then it's a it's a bolus. If it's drifting, like you know when that arrow doesn't move, but you go from 105 to 110, maybe I try a basal then. When you have more time to wait for the basal to work, use a basal. Or a combination. We haven't talked about this, but if you're trying to affect the high blood sugar or or beat down like food, high carb food, there is nothing like a mixture of basil and bolus. Excuse me, I don't know why it is. I don't know the honestly, I don't know the technical reason for any of this. But if I see, if I think, oh, this Chinese food's going to take twelve units, and Arden's uh, uh, basal rate right now, I think might be like one point seven an hour. Well, then I'll double her basal for like an hour and a half. And I'll think, okay, well, there's two units, two and a quarter units. And now I'll put 10 more in the bolus. But I like having, in carb-heavy situations, I like having bolus ramped up and basal at the same time. Uh, I find that that works better. And also, if you have a 300 blood sugar, don't just bolus it. Double your basal, too. It'll bring it down faster and smoother. All right. Is everybody out of questions? There's still a lot of people. You guys really hung out. I appreciate it. Did I not answer anything? There were a couple people here I was hoping would come in that I didn't see. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a personal thing. Uh, I don't know. Nobody's asked about it. But if I was you, I would live like a cure to type 1 diabetes is never coming. I would hope for it in the back of my mind. But I think that worrying about it every day is it's too much to take. Um, just... I, I live like it's never going to happen. I never stop hoping, but I assume in the decisions I make that it's not going to happen. I think it, it can be very dangerous to th to think that you're welcome, Kelly. To think that um, it's coming, so I don't have to take very good care of myself right now. You should you should assume it's never going to happen. Hope it will. You know, I, I hope it will too, but I don't I don't expect it. And so we make decisions based on this is what diabetes is, and this is what I have to do. All right, let's go over a couple of things. Insulin is like fire. Respect it. Don't be afraid of it. You got to be bold. You have to be bold with insulin. You have to be. There is a reason people emailed me and said, please make bold with insulin t-shirts because it is a mantra. You got to keep it in your head. I need to be bold. I need to be bold. I got to, I have to beat my fear back. Always, by the way, 
still test. You know, don't be don't be a lunatic, but but within reason, err on the side of too much of a too many times. All of us with diabetes, we err on the side of caution, and that always leads to high blood sugars. So be more aggressive. You know, when I started doing the more aggressive thing, when I started being bolder, I started adding in this insulin that I thought, oh my God, this is going to be way too much, but it wasn't even enough. And I was like, oh, I need more. I thought I needed less. Like how could, it was just my fear. So just try more. Like when people say, I don't know how to change my adjustments on my pump, turn them up, use more, try You're not going to get, you know, if your basal rate is one an hour and you go to 1.2, you're not killing anybody over that. You might just get low and go, oh, it was too much, but you're probably not going to. It's not that much more insulin. Just try. You have to try things, please. Don't wait to go to your endo, although endos are great. Happy holidays, Robin. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Guys excited, right? I don't know what I'm getting. I'll tell you what I got, Kelly, though. Woman goes to sleep at night. Her body turns into a furnace. And then she puts the air conditioner on and it almost kills all of us. So I've bought this giant ceiling fan that the reviews I say, tell me, are going to literally blow us down into the bed. And hopefully that will keep her cold. Um, I will still freeze, uh, but the children will be saved. So really. Uh, how long before I correct Jason? When I think I screwed up. That's it. Um, I really... I really, as soon as I think, oh, God, I did this wrong, I put in more. Because, like I said, you, if a juice box is a great example. You can always use the amount of juice box takes. And if you're wrong, if you use the insulin you didn't need it, it's like pre-bolusing the juice box. If you're right, you win. And so, it, at the very least, you get information for next time. And you're able to say, okay, you know what, last time I saw this 140 diagonal up and I put in three units but I needed a half a juice box later. So next time I'm going to do a unit and a half and see what happens there. It's always that math. It's, I call it the juice box podcast math. Um, I did this, this happened. I wish that would have happened. So next time I'm going to do that. It's a formula that should lead you to a better and better um, uh, situation as you move forward. You're welcome. When I hope it was helpful. I thank you. Oh, how long? Hold on, Jason. How long before I correct? No, how low? How low? Oh, hold on. You mean if I'm falling, when do I do something about it? I don't think of Arden's blood sugar as being low until she's under 60. Um, I start doing something about it at 70. Her low's at 70. So if, if it's been four hours since food and she's 70, I might just cut her basal off for a half hour to see if I can get it to drift. Um, but if she was 70 diagonal down, I would do something about that. But 70 and 130, those are, that's the range that we react in uh, most of the time. Hopefully she brought me an electric. She doesn't think about me at all, Kelly. That, that's, that's obvious after being married for 21 years. She, I'm just here to take out the garbage and take care of the diabetes and stuff like that. See the sparkling Santa Claus in the background? I asked for that not to be put up. There it is. No one listens to me. It's fine. Rachel Haynes, you just joined, except... Uh, we're getting ready to stop. Rachel, do you have any questions? I'll hang out for a second. Hey, guys, this is going to be available on the podcast this weekend. What is it, Friday? I'm going to put it up. I'll put it up like Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas or something like that. So you can go back and listen to this whole thing. I've been recording the whole time. You can see my microphone for the podcast. Um, actually, before I say that, let me look to make sure it's actually recording. It is. I did it. So this will be part of the podcast, or you can always come back to the Facebook page here and listen to it again. Rachel, you are late. 
Do you have a question? Because I got a bail. I'm going to go. I'm going to go make dinner. Arden's going to come home from the movie, and I'm going to have a whole little thing for her. I'm hanging out, Rachel. I'm giving you time. Rachel, yes. Did anyone ask about nighttime spikes due to growth hormones? I find them so hard to get down. They are hard to get down because you are not using enough insulin. Um, they're terrible. And they're scary to bolus. I'm sorry, I'm warm. Uh, they're terrible and they're scary to bolus for because you want to go to sleep. Everybody just wants to sleep. Um, when your blood sugar is too high, you don't have enough insulin. So you need more. Uh, it sucks because you kind of can't plan for it. You don't know when it's going to happen. It'll happen like two or three days in a row, then it won't happen again. I always just try to wake up in the morning and think, at least she's getting taller. Yay! Um, it sucks. There's no rhyme or reason. I would use a combination basal bolus on something that I knew was going to be really difficult like that. Um, and and like I've been saying the whole time, you can bolus. You know, you got to be a little aggressive with the boluses. You'd much rather stop a low because think about what's happening to you with these highs. It's going up and it's staying up for a long time, right? So that's not the time to be scared with the insulin. If, she, if, if you should get low afterwards, I would much rather address the low than fight with the high all night. Uh, it sucks. It really does. I'm sorry. Um, the good news is they won't grow forever. It is very hard to predict, Rachel. Rachel says it's hard to predict. Uh, they don't always happen at the same time. They Sometimes they'll happen for nights in a row and then not happen at all. Um, you have a CGM, I hope, and just you just got to react as fast as you can and, and trust what you've seen the last time. Like if it happened Tuesday night and Wednesday night you get woken up with the same sort of rise, I would be as aggressive. I would think back to the night before and go, how much insulin did this take? And I would I would get involved in getting as much of that insulin in as I could. Also keeping in mind how long has your pump been on. If you're pumping, you know, you might have a first day of the pump might might be better than the third day of the pump when the site starts to get a little old. Yeah, Rachel, um, I don't know where you have the high threshold, but I was just telling everybody I, I have mine at 130. So it, maybe if you give yourself the ability to react sooner, it won't get as high. You can be a little more aggressive a little sooner and stop the Stop the spike a little bit. This is all... Rachel, go back and listen to this when it's over. But this is all about just insulin and timing. Um, it's not really... I, I, I wish I could say that diabetes was really complicated. But once you understand how the insulin works and that most of this is about the amount and timing of the insulin, it, it is at least easier to, to diagnose things because a lot of the variables... Here's something I didn't say before. People spend way too much time wondering why things are happening. Oh my God, my kid's blood sugar went up. I don't know what to do. Uh, why, uh, is it because of food? Is it because of, who cares why? More insulin, right? Why, why do you care? Figure it out later so that next time maybe you can get ahead of it. But I see too many people online spending hours putting up graphs going, what could this be? What could this be? I, I know what it definitely is. It's a high blood sugar. So insulin, right? And so I think similar to that. He's six. How tall is he going to be? Oh, my God. You'll be dead by the time he gets done growing, Rachel. I mean, at least exhausted like a zombie, right? I'm sorry. It sucks. It, it'll be spits and spurts. It'll He'll stop again. It won't last that long. Um, I know it sucks. It, it, I mean, I know better than anybody. Like, these dark circles under my eyes, like, literally, they're, like, they're tattooed on at this point. I can't get them to go away. Uh, is Novolog works quicker than others? Does Novolog work? Quicker? I think insulin works for different people in different ways. Arden doesn't use Novolog. She uses a Pedro. We used to use Novolog. Um, 
but we see a lot of double arrows up, double arrows down with Novolog. I don't ever see a double arrow ever with a Pedra. Um, and I find it to be a little smoother acting. Uh, it, it definitely works better for Arden than anything we've tried so far, which it, the only thing I would say there is is that insulin is not the same for everybody, and you may have to try a couple different uh, a couple different brands to figure out which one works best for you. All right, guys. Say goodbye so I can hang up. Say, uh, like, Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. Uh, and then I'll know everybody's, like, on to get Now, if you guys listen to the podcast, please uh, uh, um, uh, subscribe. So when the new ones go up, and then tell people about it. Because that's how it grows. And it has grown really well. Let me, um, hey, Terry, how are you? Oh, Terry. Um, here, I'll pull something up to tell you real quick. All right? I don't usually talk about it quite like this. So the podcast will be three years old in a couple more weeks. It has 353,000 downloads. That is pretty cool. So um, I, at this point, receive an email almost every day that talks about, I, I've learned to be bold, I've gotten rid of my fear, and my A1C is going down, and my, my blood sugar is less variable. I promise you, go back, listen to the podcast, Take your time to listen to these conversations. Eventually, this information builds up and it becomes a repository for you. And then when you're having these experiences, you don't sit around wondering what to do. You just instinctively know. And that really is what we're talking about. Like, how do you know? How do you know? You know because eventually the experiences build up. So, all right, guys. I love you guys all. I love that you guys are being so bold. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. Happy uh, Hanukkah. If you were doing, doing the Hanukkah thing, which I think is over or almost over. But um, thanks so much. Bye, guys. The Juice Box Podcast is going to be sponsored again in 2018 by Dexcom and Omnipod. These are the tools that we use here to help Arden's A1C stay what has now been between 5.6 and 6.2 for four years. I vouch for these companies like no other. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox if you want to learn more. Or please use the links in your show notes because that sort of helps us a little bit. I've been getting a lot of great reviews on iTunes from you guys. Thank you very much. That is really fantastic. It means a lot to me. I really loved getting all your notes over the holiday season, talking about all the success that you guys have had and really just really helped me have a great holiday season. I appreciate it. All the interviews are coming. We got a whole bunch of them lined up. Episodes are going to come every week in 2018. And all I ask from you, all I ask from you in return is to share the podcast with someone else and listen all the way through and subscribe and don't say anything mean about me online. And, uh, I, I mean, that's pretty much all I'm asking. Ooh, unless you want a bold with insulin t-shirt, then you should go to juiceboxpodcast.com where I will actually ask you for money for the t-shirt. I'll see you next week.